you have a Bible with you today, find the book of Luke. And uh, we're going to be in chapter number 15. So I just looked up and someone went like this. Oh, and it's, that's a good way to start. But uh, Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to be. This morning we are taking just a one-week break from our message series uh, that we've titled it Rooted. And next week and the week after we're going to be looking at that. Next Sunday uh, we're going to be talking about uh, how strong winds uh, actually contribute to the depth of the roots of a tree in certain ways, in certain situations. And we're going to be looking at this biblical idea that suffering, that difficulty, uh, circumstances and situations in our lives are actually what produce the most growth and the most depth in us spiritually. And so it is going to be a great message uh, because it's probably the number one thing that we see people when they walk away from Christ, it's almost always because something has hit them, something has happened. Tragedy, has, you know, difficulty, whatever else, and their theology, their understanding of God just doesn't have room for a God that would allow that to happen. And so we're going to theologically take a look at this. Biblically, it's all throughout the scripture, multiple passages and multiple things that just point to the fact that we grow deeper spiritually uh, much more in the valley than we do the mountaintop. And, and so that's going to be a great... And then, and then two weeks from today, we're going to finish this series that we've been calling Rooted, and we're going to talk about uh, our connection to each other and how that builds strength and needs to be a part of who we are, that, our, that, that the people around you can either... like they're, they're, they're like the button on an elevator. They either bring you up or they bring you down, right? And the people around you matter, in your spiritual life. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but today, we're really just taking a, a break from that. And in fact, today we've titled uh, the message Vision Sunday because we're pretty creative around here. We spent all week trying to think of that title, and that's what we came up with Vision Sunday. But the idea of vision is obviously about seeing. And in a situation like this and with a church like this, vision is our ability to see where we are going and where we are headed. And just understand there are all sorts of different things that churches do, all sorts of things that churches can be doing, good things, uh, all sorts of things that Christians are focused on and all of that. But when the body of Christ, I'm just telling you, when the body of Christ unites and when we begin to think in terms of together and when we begin to move in the same direction, uh, our effectiveness multiplies, and, and it is massively important that as the body of Christ, we are going the same way with the same vision and uh, in in doing the same things. And we, we believe that, uh, that we can just see God move and work through us and in us in just exponential ways as we are united in that. And so if it's your first time here today, you picked a great week to come because you're going to kind of see a little bit behind the scenes of our church and why we do some things the way we do it, what we do, why we do that, and, and all of that. And, and so I'm excited about this and understand we really do feel like this is about vision. We believe this is a spiritual, holy, God-focused moment that we gather here together because as leaders, we have just spent time praying and time uh, seeking God for direction, listening to him, fully knowing that it is him who leads. It is he who is head of the body, as the Apostle Paul writes. And so I say all that to just say today matters, and this is important to us and it's a good thing that you're here. So let's get into it. Let's begin by reading the Bible together. Stand with me all over this place. And uh, we're going to read, uh, this is Luke chapter 15. We're just going to read the first few verses here. Uh, and then we're going to go even farther as we talk this out a little bit. So here's what it says. Luke 15, verse number one. Here's what it says. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. We're going to skip a little bit ahead to verse number 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. 
After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a, a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Verse 16, he'd longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his census, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go out, go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Let's pray. God, we just take a deep breath in this moment right here, right now, and just invite you into this moment. I, I pray, Lord, that you would do something so significant. God, I pray for someone who has walked through these doors, feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders, God, wondering what it looks like to even continue on. I pray that in this moment that we have together, that you would encourage us and that you would fill us with hope, that you would speak to us, that you would unite us, that you'd bring life, uh, and God, that you would do the things that only you can do. God, we give this moment to you, and it's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. So truly, truly one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. I wish we had uh, a month to study the story of the prodigal son, the, the, the lost son. Uh, but today we're going to do the opposite. We're going to take a, like a hyper-fast view of this story. And we're going to really use this to propel us forward into who we are as a church and why we do the things that we do. But the story that Jesus tells about this lost son is really set up in the two verses that begin this chapter. Uh, it's why Jesus tells us this story, and it's why Jesus uses the details, throws the details out that he does. Jesus tells the story because the religious people are muttering. And that's the word that we have. They were muttering. Uh, verse 1, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, these are the most religious people of the time, the most religious people of Jesus' day. It says, they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I love that word, muttering. They muttered to themselves, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And can I just start by saying, churches all over our culture are filled with muttering religious people. Way too many. People who are just muttering to themselves uh, in unhealthy ways, in not good things. People who are bickering and complaining. Churches in America are filled with this. They're filled with this type. People who are not very nice. I mean, like, like, like the great theologian Taylor Swift once wrote, why you got to be so mean, you know? And, uh, but it, she, she wrote that about church people. She didn't. But, but it fits. I mean, church people can be some of the meanest people on the planet. And I'm just telling you, that's not how it should be. In our story today, the religious leaders are muttering. So start with that. They are muttering to themselves. Jesus knows their heart. He knows what's happening here. He knows what they're thinking, and he responds by telling a story. Actually, he responds by telling three stories, back to back to back, a story of the lost sheep, a story of the lost coin, and a story that we read called the lost son. And for the sake of time, we're just focusing on this third part, the story of the lost son. And so Jesus just says, hey, there's a, there was a man, had two sons, uh, and one day the younger son came to his dad and just said, dad, I kind of wish you would die so I could have your inherit my inheritance. But since you're not dead and you won't seem to be dying, will you give me your inherit my inheritance now? Okay, that's how the story really goes. All right, and the dad, for some reason, decides, okay. And so he splits up his wealth. He gives his inheritance to his two sons. Uh, this kid takes his newfound wealth, ditches the family, goes off to a different country, the Bible says, and he begins to spend all of it. Everything that the dad had worked a lifetime to earn, this punk kid begins to just spend it on what it says, wild living. He's partying. He's, okay, later in the story, we're going to see that prostitutes is going to come up in what this kid had spent his money on. And so this is what's happening. The kid then spends everything that he has, then that land. Uh, we have a famine that shows up, and the kid is broke, and he's hungry, and he doesn't know what to do. So he, gets a, he finds a job feeding pigs, which 
in this story here in a Jewish culture, and Jesus is telling it as a Jew to these Jewish people who are listening, the idea of feeding pigs is just the lowest of all low. All right, that's what's happening here. And this kid is so hungry that he begins to look at the food that the pigs are eating, and he says, man, I wish I, I want to eat that. Uh, he then comes to his senses, is what the Bible says, and he thinks to himself, even the servants at my father's home have food, and they have a place to sleep. I'll go back to him, and I'm just going to say, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Uh, make me like one of your servants. And this kid takes off for home. And the story says that while he was still a long way off, the father sees him and begins to run towards him, embraces his son, begins to to kiss him, uh, and then the son gives his little speech, I have sinned against you and against God, I'm no longer worthy to be your son, just make me like one of your servants. Verse 22, it says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. But the next verse, the very next verse is important. It's going to connect the entire story to verse 1 and 2 where Jesus is, is hearing these Pharisees mutter. Verse 25 says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father. You could say this word. He muttered to his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You have never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Now we have what, what we have here is a beautiful story, a beautiful story that is preached often. It's a story of grace. Uh, it's a story of mercy and love. We love the way that the father responds to this child when this kid comes running home and he's repentant and humble. And we love this. Uh, and, and, and we are sinners and we are sinful people and we know this. And so we love this story. Even though we don't deserve it, God reaches out with open arms, embraces us, welcomes in. This is wonderful and it's beautiful. But back to the very reason that Jesus is telling this story in the first place. All right? Because this story here kind of has two angles. We have the beauty of the father and the way he treats the son, but the very reason that Jesus tells this story is actually because the religious people are muttering to themselves that Jesus eats with sinners. And so we put this story together in the context of these muttering religious people, and a huge part of this story is not even about the lost son, it's about the older brother. It's about an older brother who is muttering about the, how the father is treating his repentant but quite sinful little brother. All these years I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I've been working hard for you. I never left. I'm, I've never done any of this stuff. And yet you treat him like a king and you treat me like dirt. That's what the kid is saying. And we have a beautiful story of the grace of God. But we also have an older brother that is quite disconnected from the heart of the father. You hear me? disconnected from the heart of the Father. And the point here that Jesus is trying to make, not only is he saying we have a God of immense grace and love and all of that, but he's saying, man, there is a whole bunch of people who are on the inside, who are actually quite disconnected from the very heart of the Father. From the heart of the Father. And I'm telling you, it, it, this, this attitude works its ways into our churches. This self-centered, self-focused like me-centered version of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Church is about me. It's about my needs. It's about my family and my preferences. And we go around arguing about what songs we should sing and, and, and how loud the music is and what people should wear and dress like and what colors should be on the walls and the decorations. Like this is the reality that is church. 
internal people who are muttering about things that really do not matter, and it really shows the disconnect that they have from the actual heart of God. And if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in our personal church experience that we actually miss the heart of God the Father. Write this down. Inward-focused Christians and inward-focused churches are not very much like Jesus. Wow, I almost heard an amen there, but then we didn't have any. (laughs) Inward-focused Christians and inward-focused churches are not very much like Jesus. And when I say inward, what I just mean is this self-centered version of being a follower of Christ. The self-centered, but also inside these walls that is the church. Uh, the religious people are muttering because Jesus is spending too much time with people on the outside. On the outside. But then listen to some of the other things that Jesus says while he's on earth. He, uh, this is Mark chapter 2. He said, it says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it is the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then Mark chapter 19, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The very reason that Jesus has come to earth was not to come and gather all of the Christians, but to actually reach out to those who were lost and hurting and far from God. And so write this down. This is about us here right now, who we are. We are and will always be an outward-focused church. And I, and I prayerfully say that in faith, as I've just seen, it's so easy for churches to drift away from this, and we are not immune to drifting away from the very heart of who God is and what he is about. But we will fight for this. We will fight to be a church that is focused uh, outside of these walls, that is focused on people who are lost spiritually, for people who are hurting and desperate and, and, and so far away from God. We will, do, we will build the kingdom of God by reaching the lost. Now understand this. We are a church family and we are the body of Christ. And of course, we're here to encourage each other. We've spent like months talking about this and talking about the internal stuff. Uh, We encourage each other. We pray for each other. We keep each other accountable. And of course, we focus on discipleship, which is spiritual growth in our people, okay? If a church only reaches the lost and reaches people, but does not help people grow spiritually, then we have other issues, Because we're not called to just be shallow, back to our entire rooted thing, we are called to find Christ and grow deeper in him all of the time. But understand, if a church church misses out on the outside piece, then we are missing the very heart of who God is. Now, let's get to what God has for our church family, because all of that was really to set up why we do things the way that we do them and, and some of those types of things. And, and so two years ago, January of 2022, actually, I can't believe that's two years ago already. That's nuts. But we, we had presented kind of this three-part outward-focused vision uh, for our church family. And for those who are maybe a bit new here, or you haven't been coming for that long, uh, some of us, this will be the first time that you, you've heard it fully laid out in this way, uh, even though we talk about pieces of this all the time, and so you hear some of that language in that way. Uh, but go ahead and put that slide on the screen here for me. Uh, two years ago, we presented this kind of five-year vision uh, and a five-year outward-focused goal for us to prioritize uh, and work towards that in five years, we would have five locations of RLC, uh, of River of Life Church, through church planting and, uh, and or what we call adoption, that we would send 50 people out of RLC into ministry, and that we would give $500,000 above the tithe in one year to strategically build the kingdom of God. And so let's just quickly talk through these, because for some of us, this is the very first thing. Okay, first we'll go through this, just all three of them. Uh, Five locations. This is a dream that we have uh, to plant churches in central Minnesota and to possibly adopt churches that are kind of not doing so well. Uh, and struggling and revitalize them. This is, this is a passion. We don't have time to dive deep into this, but in 2014, I had, a, I had what I call a supernatural moment with God. Uh, it wasn't like an angel or anything weird like that, okay, even though that would be awesome. But basically, my mind, in, in a prayerful moment, my mind was filled 
was filled with something, and, it, and I actually grabbed a napkin because I was at a table, and I drew the intersection of 94 and 71, and I began to put dots all over this thing, and I wrote down uh, all the school districts that I could think of uh, in about a 30 to 35-mile radius, and, and I was like, well, what's going on here, God? And God basically spoke to me and said, you can work, you can work for the rest of your days to build a, a big, amazing church in Sox Center, but you will be much more effective for my kingdom if you think regionally instead of, instead of just Sox Center. And God then, at that point, gave me a massive heart and a vision for central Minnesota. I went home and looked at those school districts, and I began to look at the churches in this area, uh, and I found out that there, there are a whole bunch of the little school districts in our area that just don't even have a ch- evangelical church presence at all. And it became a goal and a vision of ours back in 2014 to figure out how to plant churches. We, had, we spent four to five years miserable behind the scenes as we got nowhere and didn't know what to do. And finally then in 2000, in the end of 18 and into 2019, uh, we had a situation that approached us with the Long Prairie. The, it was a church that was struggling and a church that didn't have a pastor. Long story short, their, their membership at that little church in Long Prairie voted together to give River of Life Church everything. All the money they had in the bank, their entire building and everything, and they became River of Life Church. And we adopted that place, is what we call it. That was, and, and some of you have heard that story and all that. When we took that church, there was 40 people there. They were struggling. They couldn't pay a pastor. We put a bunch of money in and renovated their facility, hired a pastor for them. 20, 2023, they averaged over 150 people a Sunday in that little church, okay? Like, it was immensely awesome just to see what God has done in that place right there. And understand, we took that church officially of, in like August of 19 and had four, five, six months and the world fell apart. That, that was the start of all of that, okay? Okay. Uh, but, but this is a vision of ours. It's a passion of ours. Then in October of 2023, and the story starts a little earlier than that, but we just started these services in Belgrade, and we have tri- we're attempting to plant our first church from scratch. Uh, okay? Currently, we have about 35 people in that church. They're going to be meeting here at about 10 o'clock. Uh, my wife and my daughter are actually over there today doing some of the music. Uh, and, and so they gather together and they're meeting in that high school. And that is location number three is just this Belgrade thing that we're dreaming of. Belgrade, Bruton, El Rosa, not, big, not a big place. Uh, but really, really almost nothing for an evangelical presence. And so we are excited for what's happening there. We talked a little bit about that. Okay? And then location number four is coming. And we are, we are meeting and planning, and we are launching River of Life Church St. Joseph in just a month or two. Uh, and we will start doing services there, February, Marches, and then once we get into August and September, we will do a grand opening there, uh, which really goes around with the school year, uh, as they have St. John's and St. Ben's there. And so strategically planning behind the scenes, this is stuff that's happening all the time with our church and stuff like that. And so the dream was, the dream was five locations in five years, starting in 2022. That was the dream. And at that moment, you know, me, Pastor Corey, some of the other pastors, we would just say, God, I feel like this is impossible. How in the stink are we going to do this? And now here we are two years later, and we're like, we call ourselves the church of four locations. And it's not, understand, it's not about River of Life Church. It sincerely is not. So some of us are like, why do we want to be so big? Or like, like it's, it's just our passion for people. It's our passion for people who are outside. It's our passion for people who do not have a church family, for people who are lost and hurting, and we just want, we just want to build the kingdom of God in any way that we can, and this is just one of the ways that we do that. Come on, put your hands together for our location stuff. Yeah. The second piece, second piece is what we call our 50, and this was a vision, uh, a dream for River of Life Church to be what we call ascending church, uh, that, we would, that we would send 50 people out of River of Life Church into ministry. What does that mean? Well, quite simply, we feel like God is calling our church family to be a part of raising up the next generation of pastors and 
leaders in Christian nonprofits and different things, missionaries, uh, and whatever that looks like. And so we want to be ascending church. Think about this with me. Where do pastors and missionaries come from? They come from the local church. Where do leaders of, of, of Christian nonprofits and, 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 and things like this, where do they come from? They come from the seats of the local church and, and, and understand we are passionate at River of Life Church about the fact that every Christian is a minister that we believe in that minister inside the church and that we encourage each other and ministers outside the church to the lost and the, the hurting and the people that we impact and all of that. But it's just, we believe that God calls some people. They're not better. That's not, it's not a ranking system in any way. But there are some people who are called to be leaders in the body of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4, that list in the forms of pastors and teachers and to establish his church in places where the church is not in the forms of missionaries and different things like that. And there are parachurch organizations and Christian schools and nonprofits and like you get the idea of all of this type of stuff. And so we at River of Life Church, this was our vision to send 50 people and uh, we began to put a system in place to prepare and train people who expressed some of those types of things. And so where are we when it comes to sending? Currently, we have missionary families uh, from River of Life Church in Kazakhstan, in Azerbaijan. That family used to be in Turkey, but they actually got kind of kicked out of Turkey, and so they're in a neighboring place. And worried. But they, you know, that, that family that's in Azerbaijan used to sit right there in the third row on the middle not that long ago. Uh, and, and the family that's in Kazakhstan used to be actually on staff at our church, and we sent them. And I don't see any of their names because they're Neither, both of them are not really in super safe places over there, and so some of that online is kind of dangerous. Uh, but we have families, missionary families now, out of our church. I love that. I get excited about that. Some of our best leaders are no longer here, and they're someplace else doing the ministry of God. I love that. We have pastors from our church that are now in Freeport, Pastor Al and Jolene, Love those guys. Texted with him this morning. He actually sent me such a cool text this morning at like 6 a.m. I got up and I was like, whoa. And, and he just wrote, I got up early this morning. I was praying for your church today. I was like, yes. I was like, yes, Al. Ah, okay. But uh, pastor, pastor in Freeport, out of our church, baptized here, found Christ here, all that. And he, we sent him. I love that. Sent them. Uh, we have pastors right now in Long Prairie. Uh, in BBE that we have sent from our congregation and different things. We have a woman from the Long Prairie Church who has started a ministry at the Todd, in the Todd County Jail. We, we're like, we claim that as like, we, we're part of sending her and we fund that. And it's like to the, to the women that are in the Todd County Jail right there specifically. Multiple people in our church family right now in ministry training schools. Uh, in different ways, and we have all sorts of kids and teenagers that have felt God's pull on their life. I'm just telling you, like, we're coming for your kids. <laughs> but, as a, but as a pastor, the amount of joy that I have experienced in, in being a part of what God is doing, like, I, I just, I want, it, I want it for my kids. Uh, I I found myself praying this week that God would send my kids around the world. And for some of us, you couldn't imagine that. But I just know and I believe that if, like if, if my kids sincerely respond to God moving them and sending them, like I just know that is the best way that they could possibly live. And I'm not saying that everyone should be pastors and missionaries, because that'd be weird. We wouldn't have any people, like we wouldn't be effective. Uh, we, we need the body of Christ. You are around all sorts of people that, that we could never meet. And so it's this beautiful thing. We want to be a sending church. And I pray that our best leaders, the best leaders in River of Life Church would be sent out. And that we, would, that we, we believe that as we sow seeds outside, that we actually reap a harvest inside. It is a weird thing but it's the kingdom of God kind of working backwards and upside down. And then third, and finally, we are praying that God would allow our church family, uh, this is all of our locations then combined, to give $500,000 above the tithe in one year to build the kingdom of God, that our church people 
would so believe in building the kingdom of God that we would see this overflow from our checkbooks and we would be passionate about that. And so I'll explain Kingdom Builders uh, giving in just a moment, but let me just give you a report on 2023 and then for some of us we'll explain what this is and what we do. Uh, We have a goal, this goal to give $500,000 in a single year. We're not there yet. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But strategically given to build the kingdom of God outside of River of Life Church. In 2023, we broke a barrier. Go ahead and put that slide on the screen. It's already there. This was how much our church people gave above and beyond the tithing to our church to build the kingdom of God. Okay, come on, put your hands together. Do you see that 300,000, right? That's a lot of numbers. $308,000 given, combined total, all of our locations. Uh, But quickly, here's a glimpse into some some of the things that we did. Go ahead and put that next slide up here for me. Uh, In 2023, this is just a glimpse of some of the things that we were able to do. Again, Kingdom Builders is all outside of our church. We'll we'll put the pieces together in a moment. But we we helped with some disaster relief through Convoy of Hope, Christ-centered stuff. We, we helped train pastors and get some materials to pastors in Africa because we believe, we believe passionately in, in our mission stuff is about our missionaries are always establishing the church and raising up local people. That's the way that we, we do that. Um, we rescued and restored sex trafficking victims uh, both globally and locally here in the United States, translated scriptures into new languages. Uh, there are thousands of languages that do not have the scripture in their language, and so we're a part of that. We... we uh, gave to start a ministry center in the mountains of Nepal. That was a part of a missions trip that we had been on, and we were right there with them. Sent missionaries to difficult places in different ways. Uh, helped the homeless in St. Cloud in Minneapolis through, through Place of Hope in St. Cloud and what's called ICCM, Inner City Church in Minneapolis. Purchased Bibles for the Todd County Jail. Partnered with the local schools here uh, in town and all of our locations here, but this is central Minnesota. Funded a local teen challenge center which is an addiction ministry in the name of Jesus, started this church in Belgrade and then, and then supported it and funded options for Wilmer, uh, not Wilmer, options for women uh, here in town. It, it, it's the, the life center that we have. And so we were able to do, uh, to do all of that and other things, other things that are even not on the list. We, we were able to fund like this retreat for single moms. It was so cool. As single moms come and they, and they were just be able to be pampered and heard about Jesus, it was so good. And so I just love that. Let me focus just on one project that was kind of unique that, that you didn't even hear about here in Sock Center. Go ahead and put that next slide up here for me. Uh, our Long Prairie location, the Long Prairie Church. I'll, 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 let me start that over. Long Prairie is somewhere between 35 and 40% Spanish as their first language in Long Prairie. That's crazy. The kindergarten and first grade classes, over 50% Hispanic in Long Prairie right now. Uh, And so our our location pastor over there has this passion to reach his community. And he began to pray and say, how can we do that? And he's like, they all like soccer. Let's put a soccer field on our church. And so we have this, we have have built this turf field. Uh, soccer field on our church property. If you didn't know this, our church property butts up against the high school property in Long Prairie. Uh, We have been instrumental in them starting a soccer program for the very first time in Long Prairie at their high school. Uh, And now they come over to our church to play soccer, the high school stuff. And we uh, uh, we have just all sorts of Hispanic people Kids, and then I don't mean that like I don't mean this in a bad way at all. It's amazing that that they are coming to our church. They just show up. It's ten o'clock at night, and it'll be you know not now, okay? But this summer, there'd be like twenty people there playing soccer because it's lit and all that. It's just and, we, and our Kingdom Builders program was a part of doing that. Isn't that cool? Come on, put your hands together. I love that stuff. All right. That was 2023, and so let me quickly just talk about 2024. We call this Kingdom Builders, and I want to explain this program that we call Kingdom Builders uh, for those who have maybe, maybe never heard this. We strongly just believe that as Americans, one of the most effective ways we can build the kingdom of God is through st- strategic financial giving and financial investment. And so, quite simply, a couple years ago, we created a program in, within our church 
uh, to, to be strategic with our giving. And we always have people that are, that are wanting to be strategic with their financial stuff, and, and so we just put this together. Uh, at River of Life Church, you can give to our church, and you can give through our church, all right? And so let me, like, something floating right there by my eye it was bugging me. Uh, but when you give to our church, we do that through the tithe and offering, and, and, and we give an offering for our church. That funds the ministry of River of Life Church. It, it funds the, the facilities that we, get to, that we get to meet in and the sound system and the, everything that we get to enjoy as a church family. It funds paying for pastors' salaries and, and different things like that. The, the youth ministry and the kids' ministry and all of that is funded when, when our church people give to our church. And so like the offering we just took a little bit ago, that was to our church uh, uh, but we also have created this strategic thing for people who are looking for it to invest through our church as well. As we have done all the work and we have put hours in praying and having conversations and vetting things and trying to figure out where can we build the kingdom of God most strategically. In, and, and we do this in three different ways. Uh, we, we have three parts of this. In fact, you can grab this little booklet if you did, uh, if you got one of these. Hopefully you got one, but you can just hold that thing. This is our church, by the way. It, it, it feels like something cooler than our church, doesn't it? Like, look at this thing. I, I, I'm so amazed at some of the people we have. Uh, but if you open it, for this, open it to this section right here, it says global, local, and future right on the inside. Uh, and, and so Kingdom Builders for us, we've split up into three different sections. Again, this is outside, outside of the walls of, of our church for the most part. Um, and, and so we have global things that we do. We have local things that we do. And we are passionate about the future generation. And, uh, and we work hard on this thing. This is hours of prayer and conversation uh, and we're not going to go through every single page, but this is just, this is what we are going to be doing in 2024 through our Kingdom Builders programs. And you can look, the first couple of pages just explain what Kingdom Builders is and, and what our focus is in that. And then we get into this middle section, which is my favorite, and this is our projects list. This is 2024, what we are doing, what we are funding uh, through our Kingdom Builders stuff. And you can read through all of that stuff. But uh, on page number three, uh, it says global projects. And you can look through those. Um, our, our Long Prairie location pastor was just in the Balkan, the Balkan region. And, and so he, he's passionate about some things. Long Prairie is going to be doing some things with that region right there. Uh, we have what's called BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, which is our children giving. And by the way, uh, $35,000 of the $308,000 that was given last year was given by teens and, and, and kids. $35,000. Uh, and so we have, we have Convoy of Hope, which is uh, disaster relief. We have this amazing Kazakhstan tra translation project. I'm so excited to tell you about this in the next couple months. That's working with, alongside our missionaries, if you know, if you know who they are. And uh, uh, we have some different missionary things. And priority one is building Bible college and training centers to raise leaders up. Project 42, our senders fund. We invest when, when we have people who's, who begin the process of becoming missionaries. We invest in them and financially in different things. Speed the Light is, is uh, about our, t our teenagers giving and what they do. You can read about those. But then we have our local projects. A benevolence ministry. We gave over $12,000 uh, to benevolence type of stuff in our area last year. Uh, people who... who who needed things, and we, we never give cash to people, but we buy groceries, we buy Christmas presents, we fill gas tanks, we will pay uh, rent or do something like that. All of that is a vetted process, and it's data, and it's kept track of, uh, and we do our best to not have people come in and with their stories that aren't real and aren't true, and we, you see some of that in the church. We work hard at that. Uh, but Benevolence Ministry, Church Multiplication Network is just this incredible thing that plants churches in the United States, and we're just a part of funding some of that. Uh, it's actually where we got some of our matching funds. If we've, talked, we've talked about that for our church plants was through that. 
future locations of our church. We partner with the, law, the nonprofits in town and the, and the public schools and different things and the police. Uh, the police have done this safety program every year and we've, we've given to help with that. Uh, local re- outreach stuff, this, it funds some of our outreaches like our Easter egg hunt in Long Prairie. We, did, we caught Candy City this year and different things, and we have some different things throughout the year. Uh, our Long Prairie La- Latino ministry has a little budget that they use over there in Long Prairie. Teen Challenge, Place of Hope, that's St. Cloud. The prison ministry, uh, a rural pastor's retreat, uh, and a single mom's retreat that we, that we fund to, to bless and help and equip people in that way. And then the third section is, is, we call it our future projects. When we say future, that's children and teenagers. It's the future generation. We are passionate about raising up uh, the future generation. And so we do that, and we do that through ministry training scholarships, and we have kids and teenagers who go on into college, and they, and they are going into ministry-focused careers. We, we scholarship a little bit of them uh, for them in that way. Uh, Lake Geneva Bible Camp, instrumental in our kids and our teenagers and their camp stuff, and so we've been a part of an expansion project there and given a little bit of funds for them. Scholarshipping for kids to go to places. Uh, youth missions teams. This year, we have right around 20 students who are going on a missions trip to El Salvador uh, through our church. And we, as a church, through our Kingdom Builders program, actually, we actually give, give about $500 per student to send them on that trip. And then they are responsible for the rest. But it's a part of what we believe in and what we're passionate about. Uh, Minnesota foster care and adoption stuff we're a part of. And some treetop kids, which is a special place. So that is what we're doing this year. Isn't that cool? Come on, somebody. I love that stuff. Like, sincerely, we, we, we don't joke around with this stuff. We are absolutely committed to building the kingdom of God globally, locally, and in the future generation. We're committed to it. And we're ready to put our money where our mouth is in ways like never before for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the next generation, for the sake of our community in central Minnesota, and the sake of the world. We, want, we just, every year, we get more strategic, more purposeful, more effective uh, than ever before. And I know, because I, I've... Because God just has put this on our hearts. I know that in, in the next few years, uh, our church is going to give, give over a half a million dollars in a single year. That's going to go outside of our church walls to build the kingdom of God. Globally, locally, and in the future generation. How, how long that takes for us to get there, it just kind of depends on us. As, as more and more people grab onto this, and in my family this is a big deal, it's a big deal. And listen, and, and we're, we're wrapping this up here. I'm on the last page or two of my notes, I promise, okay? And I always stay on my notes. But listen, handling our personal finances should be a God-centered spiritual decision. Your budget should be God-centered and God-focused. Prayer, be prayerful about how you put together your personal budget. And in fact, if I, could, if I could teach you, if I could wish one thing for you when it comes to your finances is that, is that you would learn, and it's not even that you would learn to give, it would, that, it would be that you would learn to be prayerful about how you handle your money, that you would involve God in that. Because so many in and out of our churches, so many even, even people who care about God, their money is just totally separate from all of this. And so here's how, here's how I personally handle this. First, I, I tithe. What does that mean? I, I, I give to fund the ministry of my church. Like first, we, we believe this is where things start. It's this beautiful principle where every, every paycheck that I get, I honor God first with that. And we believe it should start that. That is giving to your church. We believe in that, I believe in that, so that we can be vibrant and minister to each other and we can have buildings and, and pastors and all of that type of stuff. I believe it starts with that. Uh, but second, above and beyond that, me and my wife ask God to help, to help us make a plan. Uh, and, and here's our prayer, and I kind of even just wrote this prayer and put it on the screen. This is my prayer when it comes to God and my finances. God, with my current situation, with where I'm at, with my family and my finances, what do you want me to give above and beyond to build the kingdom of God globally, locally, and in the future generation? And then we put that into our monthly budget. 
we budget monthly, kingdom builders. Above and beyond what we give to fund our church, we budget monthly and we pay and we give every single month. And there's the offering envelope has a line on it. The online stuff has, it'll say kingdom builders. But, but we begin to give $5, $25, $50, $500 each month, whatever we decided together with God's help. And we give that specifically to build the kingdom of God. This is a priority for me. This is a priority for my family. We, did, we put together a monthly, a monthly budget, me and my wife, and then we also do a yearly goal for our family. Because my kids, by the way, I had, I had two teenagers that both gave over $1,000 last year to Kingdom Builders. Teenagers. My, my little girls gave money. Little elementary school girls. And so we have a family goal this year to give $10,000 to this fund. That's our goal. And I, don't, and I felt weird about saying that, but I just decided to. Because I want you to know how passionate I am about this. This is a big deal to me. Uh, and last year, we almost got there. That's above and beyond what's given to the church. This is a family thing for us. Our teenagers have their own goals. Okay, all of that type of stuff. And uh, music team, will you please come? All right. That was a lot of words. But just understand, back to the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. Churches and church people very easily turn inward. And it becomes easy for us to begin to mutter to ourselves, mutter to each other. But I'm just telling you, the very heart of God is for people who are on the outside. God created every single person on this, in this world. There aren't some that are better than others. There aren't some that, that God loves more. He, cre he created every single one, every single person. And it is a part of the mission of his church to not just be inward focused, to not just focus on being comfortable and doing all this type, but sincerely to figure out how to expand outside the walls of this place to a world that so desperately needs that. And the call of the church is not just Sox Center and it's not just central Minnesota, but very strategically figuring out what it looks like to even globally impact our world for the kingdom of God. We are passionate about this. And so we will be an outward focused church until I die. And then we'll find someone else to take my spot. And we're gonna, someone else will tell them, because I'll be dead that they need to continue being outward focused. This is weird and not in my notes. This, this is who we wanna be and we prayerfully just, so we plant churches in places that need that locally, central Minnesota. It's our passion. It's our, we, we have, like we, we want this. There, there are places on our radar, there, we're, we're dreaming, we're trying to figure things out. It's a lot. We want to be a church that sends people. And we want to be a church that invests financially in building the kingdom of God globally, locally, and in the future generation. In this, when it comes to the kingdom builders thing, we have this little card that's in the middle. This isn't for us. We're not collecting this. We don't, we're, we're not doing like pledges and things to the church. Some of you have been a part of those types of things. Sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not. But this is just for you. Uh, me and my family, we, we highly take time to pray about this and to figure this out and we have done that and so this is just for you this stuff take this home read through it begin to dream about what it could look like for you and, and what I've found is the more the more we give away as a family sure the less nice my vehicle gets but I'm telling you our hearts are so full our hearts are so full and we get to be a part of what God is doing. Will you please stand with me all over this place? As a church family, our goal in 2024 is that we would give $350,000. That's just our goal, okay? Take that for whatever it is. 
but that we would give that above and beyond what's given to our church, that our people would give through our church to build the kingdom of God. Uh, by the way, we, like, we don't take 2% or 8% of any of the money that's given to this to whatever, you know, the, 100% of this goes through, through the hands of our church to all of this type of stuff. Uh, and so this $350,000, it'll be a combination of people giving monthly, just budgeting prayerfully in that way. Also throughout the year, we have specific projects that you'll hear about. Missionaries will come in. You'll have opportunities to give specifically towards things if you feel. We get to translate scripture to, to places that don't have that. We get to help victims of human trafficking. We get to plant churches. We get to raise up the next generation. We get to fund Christ-centered organizations and different things and so much more. We can be religious people who mutter amongst ourselves or we can focus on the very heart of God. Come on, somebody. God, it is our prayer to sincerely have your heart become our heart. And we thank you, God, that you are still saving and forgiving. God, that your mercy and your grace is immense even when we don't deserve it. We're amazed by you and what you do and what you have done. But God, I also pray that as our roots grow down, go down deeper into you, that we would begin to see fruit, that we would begin to watch as you use us individually and corporately to build your kingdom. So we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Just a minute more before we're done. Maybe you're here today. And you have just, you've never responded to the message of Jesus. Maybe the story of the lost son is just like an illustration of who you are. And you have wandered so far away from where you should be. You've maybe squandered things and messed things up and you're filled with regret and shame for what you've done and where you've been. Can I just tell you that there is a father waiting with his arms wide open welcoming you home. It's why you were created to be in relationship with your creator. And there is nothing better. There is, you, you can search this entire world for happiness and all that stuff and you can find it temporarily. But I'm telling you, it is only through Jesus and this beautiful relationship with your creator that you will ever find what you are really looking for. And with every eye closed, just a moment of privacy and reflection who here in this place would just simply say, I am not where I should be when it comes to my Father God, and I want to give Him my life today. If that's you, just quickly show me your hand. Just quickly show me your hand. If you're watching this, thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. If you're watching this behind a screen right now, you can respond. This is a heart thing between you and God, and you don't have to be in a church to do that. But church, let's just pray a prayer together, everyone in this place, to help us out. Let's just pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, will you put your hands together? Let's just celebrate today.